I feel uh, my heart and affinity with this house, and I love the people of this house. I love your your spirits. I want to go to that barn bash thing, though. I, I've never been to a barn bash. I want to go to one. What, what do you do? Do you bash something or what? You know, we have a barn at our ranch in Nederland, and so I want to learn about this barn bashing thing. I, uh, I, I love Fourth of July. I love the spirit that comes with it. I had so many messages in my heart today, and um, I've, I've ministered Fourth of July for the last, I guess, I don't know how many years, and I could have just picked out any Fourth of July freedom um, message and just gotten on board, but it wasn't what I felt in my spirit. So I kept going back to what I felt like the spirit was saying. Of course, it is Fourth um, of July weekend, and we love to talk about freedom. You know, truly, freedom is not, ladies and gentlemen, being able to do anything you want to do at any time you want to do it. That's not freedom. Freedom is the power to do that which is right. When you can do that which is right, you're free. But when you just do anything you want to do or anything this soulish, fleshly body wants you to do, you're not free. But when you can do that which is right in the eyes of God, true freedom has come to you. And that's what we need in our nation right now. I, uh, I want to share some things with you. Uh, I want to say to Josh, uh, oh, we're so proud of you and that brand new baby. Isn't that exciting? The newest member to Triumph Church Angleton hasn't made its way in here yet, but it'll be here shortly. And I also wanted to uh, say to all of you who, again, uh, that have young people, that um, get them involved in ELE. My heart is so in this. I will be directing the one in Sugarland, and we're getting our students together on several occasions during this whole venue. I think you have another week before you start, don't you? We start this Tuesday. I believe it's going to be life-changing, life, life, life-changing, and I hope you'll get on board with that. Get your students involved in it. They won't be sorry, and you won't be sorry, and I believe it's going to be um, a destiny. Uh, it's going to definitely key them in to what God is saying for their lives individually. So I pray over that. I, uh, I want to talk to you this morning about something that's so uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, I was raised, as many of you already know, I was raised in an environment where most of the time, anything we asked to do, listen to this, you millennials out there, listen to this. I, uh, anything we wanted to do, they kind of pointed to the back wall and there was this one word on it, two letters that said N-O, no. I mean, you know, everything was a sin when I was growing up, everything. And so, I mean, we couldn't get near water unless it was a bathtub. And <laughs> seriously, it was just, it was, it was quite an event. Um, however, even after I got free from religion and free from some of those restraints, I still found out in life there is a spirit of no that the world and even sometimes religion, of course, and just people who might have a little more knowledge than you, like, for instance, not these sound people or technology people, but uh, after pastoring several years, I found out that 
anybody in the technological realm, I am sometimes technolo uh, technologically challenged, technically challenged. However, I am making an attempt to be dragged into this generation, into this uh, millennial, screaming and hollering because I refuse to be ignorant. I'm just going to learn and keep on learning. And uh, so I, if what I don't know, I've got grandkids to teach me, you know, how to find it on my phone, how to get, it's, it's, it's quite uh, an humbling experience to say the least when you have to get your eight-year-old grandson to teach you how to do something on the computer. But I, I found out uh, years ago, this, um, this no thing kept bothering me until I developed what God was trying to do, which was a message recently. But that every time I want to do something, I've had this creative idea. And, the, and so I'd go to the media department, and I'd talk to them about it, and they would just, they always said, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. You know why? Because they didn't want to do it. And so they knew they could hold me hostage because I didn't have enough knowledge to do what they needed to do to make the thing happen. Y'all ever been there? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I just kind of got fed up with it. A couple years ago, uh, as it really this message was born a year or so ago, but uh, about two years ago, my grandson, Randy, the real deal, Randy Clark, was in the back seat with his sister, and he and his mom, Pastor Randon and Lindsay, they had um, gone to church, but before they left, they'd given them their baths, everything, and they had to go to a meeting, and they were ready, and uh, that they were ready for bed as soon as they got back, because they took their baths and everything, and so on their way back, my my son Randon looks in the rearview mirror and he says to Rand to Randy and Ken Kennedy, he said, "Okay, kids, now as soon as we get home, y'all have got school tomorrow. You've already had your baths. You've already eaten. Everything's in place. I want you to go straight to your rooms. I'll come in. We'll come in, take you in, pray over you. But I want you to go straight to your rooms. Be ready to, uh, because you've got school tomorrow. I don't want any any playing around going on. Go directly." to your rooms. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the parents? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's looking in the rearview mirror, and Kennedy said, yes, sir, yes, sir. He didn't hear anything out of little Randy, as we call him. This was, and, uh, this was several years ago, actually. And so finally he looked back in the rearview mirror and said, Randy, did you hear what I said? And he said, the answer is no. Well, as I said to my son, don't be hard on him. He said, don't let me hear that, Mom. He said, when I got home, I tore him up as what, you know, he said, we dealt with that little issue. And, uh, but the grandma in me was having a heart attack saying it wasn't in his heart. That wasn't what he meant. That's, you know, making an excuse for him. But I, uh, from that, I, I remembered all the times I have had no. How many of you have ever heard someone tell you no? When you know that they could have and should have told you yes. You know I'm telling the truth. Well, I went to the scripture because I, am, I just felt the spirit of the Lord. As I, I'll never forget, I was driving down 365 in Nederland, Texas, headed to La Suprema. 
and um, and as I was doing, I was mulling this over because I'd just gotten another no. We were living in Sugarland, but I'd just gotten another no on something that I knew in my spirit should have been a yes. And the spirit of the Lord inside of me stood up and said, but in me, there is no no. There's only yes and amen. So out of that word from the Lord, the spirit of the Lord began to develop this in me. And I want to talk to you about the spirit of divine yes, supernatural yes. And I will take my text from this scripture in 2 Corinthians 1, 19 and 20. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus, and Timothy, he was not yes and no, but in him was was what? Say yes. But you got to kind of reach up and do it and come down. Yes. There you go. Now listen, for most of the promises of God in him, are y'all looking? No. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. All find their yes in him. Now, always the divine yes in him is concerning all the promises of God. You know, I wanted to validate my message. And so I'm a searcher. I'm a researcher. And so I went back in and I wanted to look up that word all. And I did. And I found out exactly what it means in every translation, in every transliteration, and in every single place that I could find it in the word of God. And guess what it means? You got it. I think I told y'all that before, but this is what I want y'all to know, that every day of my life, I get up chasing the promises of God. I determine I cannot be passive. I've got to be aggressive, not passive aggressive, but aggressive in the kingdom of God. And so I today have said yes to healing. I've said yes to divine alignment and divine assignments. I've said yes to household salvations. I've said yes to deliverances, yes to the project, yes to the increase, yes to miracles. Amen? Okay. So just as we sang the song, God Bless America, I want you to know that it is the nature of God to bless. It's his nature. That's what he wants to do. The blessing, the word of the Lord says, the blessing of the Lord maketh one rich and addeth no sorrow because it is God's will to bless. And the, the, the area, as I began to search this out in Scripture, I've, I saw the children of Israel as a great example as the context, uh, context of this message. In the wilderness, did you understand and know that it was never a person's sin that kept them out of the promised land? Mm-mm. It wasn't what they had done. It was their lack of that. It was their unbelief that kept them from the promises. God can forgive and will forgive and knows the nature of humanity. But when you don't believe, it's not possible. When you can't say yes, they wouldn't receive the empowerment of God. And I am just a bit concerned that that's where the body of Christ is today and where some of us are individually, that we can't receive the empowerment of the spirit of divine yes. It is, a, it is, he is well able.
able to do everything he's called us to do. And so in my heart, in my spirit, every day I get on my tiptoes in the spirit and I reach up as high as I can and come down and say, yes, I, I, I need you to do that with me. Just get up high, yeah, and come down. You've got to get a little groove going on, okay? Kind of, you know, get some t attitude going. Reach up. One, two, three. Yes. So there is a divine yes in the atmosphere. The person that I believe the Spirit of the Lord used for me and uh, to understand this lesson is this guy named Caleb. Do you all remember Caleb? He was, he was partnered with another guy named Joshua in the Word. There were only, but Caleb was one in a million. You know why I know? Because there were two million of them who, went, who had the opportunity to go into the promised land. But only two made it. Y'all remember who they were? Joshua and Caleb. So Caleb, if, if there are two out of a million, and then there's one in a million. And Caleb was one of those. And uh, the, the, everyone around him had said no to him. But he determined that no would not define his reality. I want you to know that yes, and yes, I believe God. And faith in the power of the Holy Spirit defines my reality. Not what I see, not what I feel, not what's going on in the swirl around me, but my yes and divine yes that is in God. So what does this yes mean? I, I wanted to get it really palatable where everybody could understand it. And I understood as I read Matthew 8.10. It, it involves our faith. And it expresses agreement and consent to the things of God. It's opposite of no. It's opposite of unbelief. That's what the divine yes is. It's opposite of unbelief. And it involves our faith. So I took this word and I put yes in these scriptures just to help me and to help you understand and let some things start to click. A puzzle started coming into play for me. As I begin to search this out, first of all, there's the scripture that says this. I'm going to replace the word faith and I'm going to put this word yes in there. And let's see if this makes sense to you. There's a scripture that says, truly, I have not found such a yes in all of Israel. All right, watch this one. Oh, woman, great is your yes. What about this? Without yes, it is impossible to please God. What about this one? Oh, yesless generation. It's a, it's a no generation, not a yes. I mean, we've got to become a yes generation. I love this one. You have selected John full of yes. I love this one. By his name and through that name, by the yes attached to that name, his yes in us. Wow. Does that put it a little bit more into perspective for you? So I believe that that's a piece of the puzzle. It's okay. The enemy is after I figured it out. He's after my yes. He's after my yes. If we say yes to Jesus, if we say yes to the promises, we are coming into agreement with God and all things are possible. So I looked at this guy, Caleb, and I began to 
realize there are some characteristics of a man or woman of God with a spirit of divine yes on them. How many of you want a divine yes spirit? Okay, we're going to get one in the next few minutes. This is what Caleb in Numbers 14, 24, this is what the word says about Caleb. But my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit with him and had followed me fully or wholly, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess. Oh, my goodness. I could just stop there and preach forever because I am about this next generation. And I just want to just say this right at the offset. If you don't develop a sense of divine yes for yourself, if you feel like that, okay, I'm not going to inherit all this. I really, it's past my time. I don't even have what it means to fight for myself anymore. I've had a decent life. But, you know, so all the things that Satan can talk you into and out of, of the promises of God, even if you're there, there's one more reason why you need to do this. There's one more reason you need to develop the sense of divine yes. And that is because he said, in the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess. I can tell you something. If I can't get it, I want my kids to get it. And if my kids can't get it, I want my grandkids to get it. And if I develop a sense of divine yes, then my seed is going to possess the promises that God has for them. That was enough for me to get on board. So let's look at some characteristics of this spirit of divine yes. Number one, he said he's going to be a little bit different. I just want to go ahead and get that out there. Look, if you're going to have a divine yes on your life, you've got to be an aggressive Christian. I'm not talking about an obnoxious one. I'm not talking about getting in people's face and tell them everything they're doing wrong. But you cannot be afraid to stand up for what God has given you. And thinking God can and will cause others, it, when, when you believe with all your heart that God can change things, that God can do things, that God is in the process of working things for his good, then it causes others. It kind of jumps off on people. It's contagious, this spirit of divine yes. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Y'all remember them? There's something about it. If they, they believed it, and even those around them began to see because of that divine yes that was upon them. So when we stand up for Jesus, we, ought, we certainly, I've said this so many times, even to young people, when you stand up for Jesus, when there is a divine yes upon you, you might at times stand alone. But, you, I mean, you might stand out, but you will never stand alone because he always joins you. Jesus is always in the midst of that. And what he does, not uh, what, he, what it doesn't take us from, he always takes us through every single time. So these guys, Caleb in particular, stood up in the face of naysayers. Joshua and Caleb didn't check on the opinion of everybody around them, all the two million people. They just stood by the opinion of the divine yes of God. And they knew, they knew that you knew, they knew. They weren't taking a vote. The popular vote wasn't what it was. It was God's vote. It was God's opinion on the subject. And so some people won't even, I, I, I said to myself as I was praying this morning and, or yesterday, and I said, you know, there are some people that, that won't even believe God for their, for their bills to be paid. They won't even believe God for their 
some, some healing in their body, how will you then believe God for something that is seemingly undoable, seemingly impossible? You have to get a hold of this spirit of divine yes in the midst of everything. And I know what people think. I know what some of you are thinking right now, and I know you're saying, well, how do you know that? Well, there's several reasons. First of all, I have a spirit of discerning. And secondly, and more importantly, I have been around for a few years, and I know what we think. <laughs> you know, I just know what the people think. And, and the deal is, I know you're thinking, you don't know what I'm going through. If you had gone through what I've gone through, then you would have your you would be weary and well doing too, and your impo the impossible would not even be possible in your mind. I want you to know that just because we put our game face on, we say all the right things, doesn't mean that we don't fight the same devil you fight every single day of our lives. It does not mean that. It doesn't mean that Pastor Randy and me don't have to get up every day and put on a spirit of divine yes and call it up out of our spirit every single day of our life. If he's after you, he's surely after us. And so I can tell you that in the midst of everything, even the last few weeks, I, I don't know, some of you may have heard I have this crazy boot still on me. But I had the most unbelievable things happen, just almost a freak accident, falling out of a car, and literally a spirit of stupid got on me, I know. But there was this, uh, this, this purse in the front seat at my feet, and my hatch to my car kept coming up. My sister was driving. I was on the way to a conference in Dallas, and, my, and people behind me following in the car and in another car, and my sister was driving for me for a few minutes. And my hatch kept coming up. We were just stopped to eat. We were getting back in the car. She had put some stuff in the back, and she didn't understand the sensor that you got to push it up a little more or it keeps coming back up automatically. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So I had one of those. And after a while, I got vexed. I, I admit it. I got a little bit vexed because it's happened three times. And I said, oh, just forget it. I'll get it myself. I'll go do it because I, I realized she didn't know how to get she didn't know what was going on. So I'm going to get out real quick and run to the back. And when I do, I pull this with me and kind of fall. Real simple. Like, you know, one foot to the ground, to whatever it is. And uh, in the midst of it, twisted my foot. And I go back, do my thing, get back in the car. We pull out on the freeway. I'm no more out on the freeway than I realize. Oh, my goodness. I am... Um, I have broken my foot. I say to Leah, oh, Leah, I have broken my foot. And in no time at all, it had swollen. Oh, it was pretty bad. By the time we got to Dallas three hours later, um, it was so swollen. I, while the rest of them went to the service, I'm in the emergency room for four hours. Come to find out it was broken majorly, and they, I mean, but it was a perfect break, and they, they didn't have to set it. It was already in place. It had just broken. So the metatarsal on my foot, which is the last bone in your body and takes the longest to heal, of course. By the time we get there, by that night, I, I woke up in the middle of the night. My tooth was just absolutely blowing up on me. And I'm saying, oh, sweet Jesus. But when I'd fallen, I didn't put it together to the next week. But long story short, 
when I'd fallen, I'd grabbed my, uh, my face with my hand, and it messed up my elbow really badly. And, uh, and somehow in the jar, it had hit my eye tooth and cracked it all the way to the bone. Yeah, so it gets better. So, so now I have a broken foot. So Monday we go to an orthopedic specialist who's supposed to see if I have to have surgery. I didn't have to have surgery so far. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I'm believing I want. I've been in this thing almost nine weeks now, and it should have done it in six weeks. But some of us get a little anxious and do things we shouldn't do probably. Just, I don't know. I'm just saying that. Probably not me. But anyway, anyway, I, uh, so I go to, um, go after that straight to the dentist and find out exactly what I told you they did. At first, they did a root canal. He was trying to save it. Wasn't able to save it after an hour and a half root canal. Bless his holy name. So uh, so now they're having to give me antibiotics for three weeks. Well, two days later, I break out in shingles all the way. It was the shingles from hell. I'm just telling you. And that is a biblical word. I am just telling you. That's where they came from. And, uh, oh, it was like from here all the way around solid and from the trauma to my body because everything was on nerve endings, my tooth. Today, t uh, Tuesday, hopefully we'll get this off. And um, I, I don't know why I'm telling you all that. But to t uh, so anyway, we, we've gone through a few things recently. Just, just, just to, I guess that's where I was going with that. But the bottom line is I've determined that, even in the midst of that, I had to have a miracle. I was determined. So the doctor says, I go to the, the shingles doctor, and he says, you know, there's nothing you can do. And by then, the dentist says, we have to keep you. We can't for 30 days. We can't touch your tooth. You're going to have to hang in there because you've got to get this shingles virus out of you before we can touch that tooth. And, and they're going to have to do an implant and a surgery and all. And so I still have that to look forward to. Hallelujah. But. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that because God's already done a miracle and I know what he can do. So the doctor says that it's going to take uh, two months for me to get because they're broken out so badly. And that made me so mad. That just made me so mad. I thought, who do you think you are to pronounce that over me? And then I decided it wasn't against him. That was just what was the, you know, that was the thing for him to say because that's the logistics. But I always know that God does not go by logistics. He doesn't go by what has happened or what has or will happen. He has a will in a way. So I, I had a word from the Lord sitting almost in a pity party and nobody showed up but me. And, and so I'm sitting in this chair at the ranch and nobody's there but me and I'm whining about it. I can't believe it. And then just somehow out of my spirit, I'm, I'm talking, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I couldn't even go to Randy's mom's. I couldn't even go walk down there and go with him down there because I'm hurting too bad. I couldn't even have one meal that's homemade like this, you know. And, and as sure as I'm standing, sit, standing here and was sitting in that chair, the Spirit of the Lord came over me and said, the meal that heals, the meal that heals. And I knew exactly what that was. I went and got me some little grape juice and some bread, the only thing I could find. And I took communion and I broke that off of my body. And from that moment forward, they started drying up. So I only had the shingles six days. Six days total from the time they broke out 
The doctors could not believe it. I called them and told them. They said, nah, that's still in your body. You just don't realize. I said, no, no pain. Before that, it was hell, fire, and brimstone. And, uh, but I'm just saying, there has to something rise up inside of you and say, yes, God is able. Yes, he is. He can deal. So I, I just want you to know that there, there's always struggle. There's always tribulation. In this world, we will have tribulation. But we have a divine uh, spirit of yes that is inside of us that we can claim the promises of God. And I knew that that was on me that day. Secondly, a characteristic of a spirit of divine yes is you must wholly follow God. That's not H-O-L-Y, although it means that as well. It's W-H-O-L-Y, completely surrender to God, not just uh not just a little bit or halfway or half in or half out, but if you're going to be a yes man or woman of God, a divine yes, you've got to be completely surrendered to God. Examine your motives every day. Examine it. Understand that 24-7, you've got to live for God. You've got to be completely, totally sold out to him. Completely understand that that Christianity and the spirit of divine yes is not for the faint-hearted people. I know that some people think that, oh, look, it don't take all that to be a Christian. Oh, yeah, it takes all that. A bag of chips, Dr. Pepper, and M&M peanuts and everything else in between. It takes it. You've got to have what it takes to live for God 24-7, not just when you're in a company of other people, but holy the word says that he wholly, completely surrendered to God. And you know what? He got the first cut of the promised land. He got it for his descendants. The word of God says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So we've got to be holy and completely surrendered to him if we're going to be the yes people of God and inherit what God has for us. Thirdly, you've got to be ready for adventure. Because I want to tell you, you've got to choose the no fear of obstacles. You've got to get, you, and there's just sometimes in life, I've been doing a whole series on fear for the last four weeks. I want you to know there's sometimes you just got to go into it with a still, you might have a little bit of fear, but you go and you do the will of God afraid at first that the spirit of God will come up on you. Sometimes it doesn't all dissipate overnight. You just got to walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Stare fear in the eye and still keep walking. Not be controlled by a spirit of fear. Caleb, at 85 years old, was still ready to take his blessed mountain, it says. He, he was ready, as they say, to take on hell with a water gun because he knew that his water was way, way more potent than what anybody else had. In Joshua 14, 12, it says, Now, therefore, give me this mountain where the Lord spake in that day. For thou hearest in that day how the um, Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced, and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out. Give me my blessed mountain, he says. And that word there is a Hebrew idiom for mountain that says, major impossibility. Is there anybody in here facing a major impossibility? A major impossibility. Then you've got a spirit of yes that has to come up inside of you. Caleb said, I can do it. 
Do you know that your greatest impossibility by the power, by the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit is about to be uprooted. I believe it's about to be uprooted in this hour. We have to say yes. There are adventures in life. Sometimes you just got to do it scared. You know, there, there's this thing, and I, I don't think I've told this story, but when I was, maybe I did tell this story here before, but when I was uh, dating Pastor Randy, uh, we, the, our first or second, second date, we're going to go to Six Flags over Texas. Did I tell you all this? No. Okay. We're going to go because, uh, and we were supposed to meet each other. We're at a conference. We've only met one time and uh, only been together one time. We've met before, but uh, so we're going to go and we're going to Six Flags and there was this ride called Texas Cyclone or something crazy and it was the maiden voyage that year. It was 105 degrees temperatures in Dallas back then it was and that was the temperature, not the what what you feel. It, it was actually the temperature and back then it was, had crossed over the 106 by the afternoon hottest day in the history so far and we're in line and, you know, I'm, you're trying to look good because, you know, you're trying not to be too sweaty. And y'all know what I'm talking about. And so I, I remember that like yesterday. So it was this maze. It was this huge maze getting up to, the, to, to take this crazy adventure. And, you know, I'm a bit, no more than a bit, I'm a lot afraid. But I was having this, this challenge on the inside because I wanted to go so badly because I wanted the adventure, but I was also afraid. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So I will never forget, we go all the way, and the whole time I'm praying in the Holy Ghost because I don't want him to know. Because you, here's the deal. Y ladies, y'all understand this. You know, you got to be afraid enough that they're a little bit protective, but not a, you know, you don't want to be a pant, you don't want to be pitiful and just shaking. And, you know, you got to have some kind of balance there where you're still looking good. Y'all know what I'm saying? So I, I'm, I'm trying to strike that balance, but fear was overtaking me. And, I'm, and we're getting closer and closer. Finally, we get up to the platform. I will never forget it. I had just seen the sign that says, enter at your own risk. Just want to tell you, right before you're about to take the greatest journey and the greatest adventure of your life, the enemy is going to throw everything in front of you. Enter, and then I saw a sign that said, you know, if you're this 42 inches or whatever it is, and I'm thinking, no, I don't know if I'm tall enough. Of course, I was twice the size of that, but I'm, you know, or if you're pregnant, and I'm thinking, no, I ain't that, but, you know, I'm feeling it right now. I'm sick in my stomach. And so <laughs> I'm going through all those, and I'm getting close, and we're getting to the platform, and the platform starts shaking. Holy sweet Lord, I am so afraid. I'm afraid, but I've just got this excitement, too, that I know I want to go on this thing. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a lifetime thing, and I'm with this great guy, you know, and I don't want to look like a pitiful Wendy, and I don't want to wimp out. There's a lot of girls waiting in line behind me. would love to ride with him, you know, and, of course, you know. Uh, so, anyway, not going to go there. So, um, you know, I had already broken two dates to have this one. So I better make the most of it, I'm thinking, you know. So I'm up here, on the, and we're shaking, and I hear people screaming, oh, God, no, 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 don't do it. And I'm thinking, oh, I know I need to get out and get out of here quick. And, I, and then I talk myself back into it. No, you can do this. 
You might be afraid for us this Sunday this Sunday worship. Come on, you can do it. I'm talking to myself and I'm smiling at the same time. <laughs> you know, I'm praying under my breath, and I'll never forget it. I'm standing on that platform just shaking and going, look, lay down there. Y'all never seen a chicken act this way? You're going to get it in a minute. It's not trick. Yeah, there's always a way out, kids. Everybody needs to know. And just when you are about to step on, the enemy is going to show up with the chicken exit. And if you're chickens, you're going with him. Just saying. And so I, I cannot tell you how much I wanted to walk right down there and walk right out there. They were doing it by the dozen. Quickly. And, I mean, people were fading off the scene. They were getting scared. But I kept saying, no, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. About that time, that thing rumbled into home, and people got out, and, and they said, oh, my God, you have never in your life. It is the best you've ever seen. You said, great. Oh, it's so, oh, it's awesome. And I jumped on that thing. And, yes, there were times in the adventure I was saying, Jesus, I paid my tithes. I have done everything. <laughs> Lord, you know. <laughs> That I've lived for you. I've been a good girl just to get me out. Well, there were those times. But the most of it, by the time I got through, I can tell you I had the ride of a lifetime. It sealed the deal with Randy Park and Renee Clark. Just saying. It, it, was, it was definitely a destiny experience. But my point is this. If you are going to be a yes woman of God, a yes man of God, you're going to have to get ready for adventure. And there are times you got to keep going whether the fear is there, but faith has to overcome the fear. The promise of God has to be greater than the fear. The promises and the yes has to be greater. And you've got to know that you know that you know that every single time you're about to move into a new experience, the enemy is going to tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't. He's going to show up with everything. Do not hear, enter at your own risk. He's going to show you chicken exits because that's what he wants you to do is take the chicken exit. Did y'all get that yet? Okay, just, just making sure. So your greatest impossibility has got to be uprooted by a spirit of yes. I, I, you know, I'm not a cowgirl so much. My husband's a cowboy, but I watch Clint Eastwood a lot, and I want to say like him. You know, because there's just something about it when that spirit of yes gets on you. It doesn't matter what the enemy brings in front of you. You refuse to be challenged away from the place that God has for you, the position God has put you in, the situation God has allowed you to be in. I have a granddaughter, Kennedy, who was spent the night with me last night, and now she's 12 years old, but 10 years ago she was only two. That's good math. Just, just saying if y'all are awake. And so Kennedy was only two years old, and she uh, had her little recital. And so my, uh, her uncle, Ryan, was the videographer, and he is for all those things. We were in the Julie Rogers Theater, and it was packed to the very top rank. I'm down on about the second or third row, and she comes out, and uh, she, they're about to do their little number. So they come out, and they had put dots down on the floor where they're supposed to stand. They're only two. not quite, She wasn't even quite two. And so she wanted a pink dot. Yay, baby, go. So she got a pink dot. Everybody else had their own color, had another one color, but hers was pink. So she gets on her dot, and when it's time for her to do her deal, 
she comes out and does her thing, and believe you me, it was the best of anybody. Just ask me. I know. And and so does her. So does her. We've got proof on video because her uncle was a videographer, so for the event. But she was great. She got a standing ovation. We were swimming, hollering. But then when she goes back to get in line, somebody got on her back. So in front of everybody, the whole thing, the, the number is still going. She's going, move over, move over. That's my pink dot. Move over, move over. And, y'all, we are screaming and hollering and yelling. And the whole crowd, all the way to the very top of the balcony, are going, yes, move over, move over. And finally, guess what? They moved over. She got back in her spot, and she finished the deal. And immediately, the Spirit of the Lord said, people need to be here today. If Don't let anybody take you off of your pink dot. Don't let anybody get you out of your place. You have been positioned there by God, and there is still work to be done, and there's still some finishing that needs to take place. And don't let anybody move you from the place God has put you in. Can I get an amen in the house? So, ready for adventure? Number four, a spirit of yes is patient with the timing of God and prepared to seize the moment. I believe that every time a rebellious Jew would come by and say, it's never going to happen, Caleb. Joshua, they'd already, Caleb had gotten some grapes back in the promised land. They dried up into raisins by now. But he'd pop one in their mouths and say, hush, God's still on. He's still on the throne. I know what he said. I know what he's going to do. And if it takes 85 years, it takes 85 years. But his promises are still sure and they're still true. And God has a way of calling us. And his, he was submitted to the timing of God. There are some things that must be seized. If it's the if it's a uh, opportunity of a lifetime, it must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. We understand that. But there's this timing route that sometimes you just got to be patient, but not quit and not give up. Only allow it to germinate more and get stronger in the spirit. Well, I, I got an illustration from my son, and I had to call him and make sure I got it right. Because I don't know much about football. I just know how to scream and holler and have fun. And, you know, sometimes I holler for the wrong team. They say, Mom, you're, you're hollering for the wrong team. Quit praying for them because I got my hand out praying over them, you know. And they're saying, no, you're praying for the wrong team. Get it over here. So, but I heard this illustration, and I think I do have it right because I called him and checked it out. You know, it's called a timing rope. Any football people in here know what I'm talking about? Well, here's the deal. If you change your mind, you'll change your season. Just remember that. If you change your mind, you'll change your season. Well, what a timing route is, is a quarterback throws a ball into the place, not to a person individually. Am I right so far? I, I know I am because I checked it out. And here's the deal. It's up to the receiver to get past all the obstacles and to push through even the pain, even the obstructions, and to push through in order to be at the right place at the right time. Caleb had to know that when you, when you go into the promised land, he had to know that, that it was going to be the right time and the right place and the right situations, but it's the responsibility of the receiver. So here's what I saw in the spirit. So there's a ball being thrown up, and the receiver is standing, 
and he just makes sure that he runs and gets to the place where the ball is thrown at the right time. Here is what I hear the Lord saying about Triumph Church in Angleton. God has already thrown some things up in the spirit. I believe it's already in the heavenlies. It's in the atmosphere. It's just up to us to be at the right place at the right time when it comes down. And when it does, we know that we know that we know we can make a touchdown because a spirit of divine yes is on this house. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Number five, they believed they were winners. If you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. Don't think you're going to talk somebody else into believing it if you don't truly believe it. They believed they had significance. They believed they had greatness. They believed the destiny of God was upon their lives. You've got to believe that for your life and for this house. You've got to know that, no, we're not better than anybody else, but God has placed Triumph Church of Angleton in this place, in this season, in this timing, and there's greatness upon this house. There are souls that need to be here. There are people out there that this is the place God's calling them to. And you've got to believe it. You've got to know it. And you've got to believe that there is greatness on you personally, upon your family, and upon this house. Believe that there is significance. There is, there's a difference in success and significance. I don't care what you call success. I believe that God has significance upon us. And this is our season and time. And it's tied to that. Your destiny, your significance is tied to your culture. It's tied to your destiny. It's tied to your, the era that you live in. It's tied to the place that you're living in right now, the neighborhood, the school you go to. It's tied to your church. This is our season. And number six, they refuse to cry uncle. Does anybody know what that means? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some people don't know what that is. Well, I, I, I really don't know what it had to do with an uncle or anything. I just know that it means never give up. It means failure is not final. Quitting is. The people of God that have a spirit of divine yes upon them that can do all things through Christ are those that do not quit and do not cry uncle. This is what the word says in Hebrews 10, 35 through 37. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. A spirit of yes, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. For yet a little while, he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry. Well, let me tell you, this brings me to this point, this uncle thing. Well, I didn't ever really know what it meant, but I did know it meant to not give up. So my husband has this thing. When we had our kids growing up at home. And so he'd get the kids down on the floor and he'd tickle them and tickle them and tickle them and say, Cry uncle, cry uncle. Y'all ever done that? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so they cry uncle and we try to get him off them. But we, uh, and so I, I never, they never hollered in time. And so they always gave in every time. And I'm thinking, That is so wimpy. Why do y'all do that? But they do every time. They give in because they couldn't stand and keep on tickling. All three of them would give in. Finally, one day, I thought to myself, baby, you ain't ever, ever going to get me to cry, Uncle. Never. And so he got me one, one day. I'll never get it. We're in, and I'm in the bedroom, 
and he got me, and he was tickling me. I was screaming. Oh, I couldn't stand it. He's tickling my feet. He's tickling me under my arms, and I'm laughing. But you know what? Something came over me and said, uh-uh, I am not going to quit. I am not crying, uncle. So you know what I did? I called for backup. You got to know when to call for backup, baby. You got to know when you can't do it by yourself. You got to have somebody else on your team to win. So I called for backup. And here comes Hannah and Randon. They're running. Okay, we can do it, Mama. I said, you get his leg. You get his ear. You get his foot. You get. And before you know it, he got off of us. And to this day, God is my witness. I have never cried, Uncle. Just saying. Yay, Jesus. The bottom line is, there's just sometimes you got to decide you ain't going to quit. It brings me to the very last one because here's the deal. you got to know when to get hooked up and call for reinforcements. you got to be willing to call for somebody and say, I need you today. And the spirit of divine yes hooks you up with other yes people. That's what the spirit of, that's number seven. You got to stay hooked up. If you feeling like, mm, not sure, can't quite do it, you better find you some yes people that will get around you. That will say, don't cry, uncle, baby. Don't, no, no, no. Together, that of which I play a part is bigger than the part I play. Anybody understand what I'm saying? So that of which I play a part. So here it is. Caleb and Joshua are stuck together because they know there is power in unity. There's power. There's focused unity for a divine purpose. I guess I'm more concerned about this. If there's one particular subject that God is dealing with me right now, it is about a spirit of unity. And it has, it, it has to, again, infect and affect the body of Christ because brokenness and disunity, we've never lived in it. We've never lived in a place where there is as much disunity. And no one can agree on one thing. I mean, we might hear one thing, but the body of Christ doesn't agree. The Republicans, the Democrats, the Democrats, you know, I don't know, all of nobody agrees on anything. And it is a spirit of divisiveness that is destroying us. And I see that, that there is a spirit of divisiveness that's coming upon the people of God. There's something in the Word in Mark 4 where he said, a man born of four. B-O-R-N-E, mean carry a four. There was a man that needed a miracle, but he couldn't get there by himself. He had to have some people on every corner. He had to make sure. And there's sometimes you've got to be a part of someone's miracle, and sometimes somebody else has to be a part of your miracle. To have a spirit of divine, yes, you got to know when to call for reinforcements and not quit sweating it out. Just keep sweating it out until there's no more there's nothing left in you. Stand up and say, come on board with me. We need to be on the same team for the same purposes. This is what the Spirit of God uh, began to stir in my spirit. There's a divine alignment for a divine assignment. In 2 Corinthians 1.24, it says, not that we have dominion over your yes, but our helpers of your joy. For by yes, you stand. There's helpers that God will send. There's people around you that God will bring alongside of you. A divine alignment. He's put new alignments in place. That was one of the things he said about this year. That this would be a year of alignment and assignment. 
You know, there's just some people that you got to know when not to hang out with them. It was it, um, a few years ago, I got invited to come speak at this conference, and they gave me a topic, and the topic was, um, the, the topic was surviving. And, and I thought, no, 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 I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. I don't want to just barely make it. I want to thrive. And I, I, the, oh, 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 guess what they did? They had this someone preach on this, and this was one of their things. This was a big place. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. They had people preaching on chickens, how powerful they were. And, and even if you have to be a little chicken, you got to survive. And I'm thinking, uh-uh. Now, i tell you one thing. I, I might want to eat them, but I don't want to be them. I don't want to hang with them. There is this thing called an eagle, though, that I want to hang with. The word don't say anything about me hanging with chickens, but it does say something about on eagles' wings. It's the most majestic creature on the earth, a nine-inch wingspan from tip to tip. And here's the thing about eagles. They, you fly only with, uh, with other eagles. You don't fly with the chickens. You fly with other eagles. And this is when you know you might be an eagle. It says, I read about them. I did my homework. It says, when you go through a complete storm, and you look it straight in the eye and face it and go through it, you might know you are an eagle because an eagle has the ability to rise up above the storm, whatever the situation is. So if you've gone through hell in your life, you might know you're an eagle. You ain't a chicken, that's for sure. You're not down on the ground. So God has a way of bringing us into alignment with other eagles and other, yes, men and women of God. I'm going to end on this little story because now they've got, and I haven't got to go see it, so don't tell me about it because I need to get me some more messages from it. But I went and saw this flick. Well, actually, I didn't go see it. The Lord had me watch it when we had gone through a storm, through a hurricane several years ago in Nederland. My, our house was torn up. We were in the, and our churches were all in disarray. We were feeding thousands of people and thousands. Of, I went home this one day took uh, my little mother-in-law's, this is crazy, we have a beautiful ranch in, in Beaumont, a brick, solid, sturdy ranch, and it got the roof caved in, all kind of things happened to it. My little mother-in-law has a little mobile home way back on the property by the lake. It didn't get touched, you know. That's how things go. Isn't that crazy? So I'm back there one day after we'd been working all night. They were sweating in 107 degrees there, and I came home earlier, and I thought, I'm going to sit down and look at the news and see what's going to happen in our local news. And, and I look, and I, I turned the, the remote on, and this animated flick came on called Finding Nemo. Anybody ever seen Finding Nemo? And I started to click it off, and literally, the Spirit of the Lord said, no, watch it. Now, I know you're saying, you did not say that. Well, I don't care what you say. I know. I've been around. I know my father's voice. He didn't say it out loud, and you wouldn't have heard it, but I heard it. And I knew the Lord wanted me to see it, so I got there, and the Lord was about to teach me something that I've never forgotten. And I hope. I know there's going to be a mass rush to go get Finding Nemo this afternoon, but here's the deal I want to tell you. 
I, I even wrote it down, and I still have the notes to this day that's on a little napkin that I found sitting there. It's an animated film, of course, if you haven't seen it. I know Finding Dory's out. I'm going through that today. But prim the primary characters in this are Marlon and Nemo and Dory. So I'm watching this, and I'm, I'm getting into it fairly quickly, eight minutes into the flick. Y'all remember, Nemo comes in, and the independent, his independent self, he goes out on, a, an, on a, uh, an escapade, and Marlon, his father, is fearful. Fear comes upon him and totally paralyzes him because he's already lost his family, his wife, and his other kids from the Barracudas. Y'all remember that? Y'all with me? Okay, I'm doing pretty good, right? Okay, so Marlon's fearful because now his only last thing that he's got is gone. So great, great, great opportunity for growth right there and a lesson. The Lord's trying to say the very thing, like Job, the very thing you feared has come upon you. And so, so there's, a, there's doorways of opportunity for fear that you have to close. You have to see them. So Marlon is in this place, and he meets this very important person. It's called Sister Dory. Everybody keep looking straight ahead because they're sitting around you and you might not know it, but just, just keep looking straight at me. She is an anointed lady fish of God, just saying. This Dory is, and this godly lady fish has something that Marlon needs so badly because he is consumed with fear and she's got a spirit of divine yes on her. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Dory today in this that doesn't matter. This is what the Lord showed me for this thing. So I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it, and I'm hearing, I'm saying to myself, and I start saying what she said. She's saying to him, she keeps saying when he says, I'm going to die. She says, no, you're not going to die. Keep swimming. Tell somebody, keep swimming. Uh, hey, if you've got a spirit of yes on you, You've got to know there's sometimes you just got to say, keep swimming. And if there ain't nobody around you to tell you, you got to tell yourself like David. Keep swimming, girl. Just keep swimming. Get your hands out there. Get your feet going and keep swimming and don't quit. So Dory keeps telling him that. Yeah, but he's just always going, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Well, at that time, I'm just, I am really, really getting into it. I mean, I am right in the middle of it. And Dory keeps saying, we're not going to die. And about that time, the water starts rushing in. They get swallowed up by this whale. Y'all remember that? The whale swallows them up. And he says, oh, God, I know we're going to die now. And, and the thing is, the very thing that's keeping them in there, he grabs a hold of his, and he's closing it off. And he keeps saying he's holding on. The very thing that you try to hold on to is probably the thing that you need to let go in order to reach the place that God wants you to reach. And I knew this by the Spirit as I'm watching this flick. And I know some of you saying, that ain't the Bible. No, the principles are straight out of the Bible. And God just used this because Jesus always used parables. This was my parable. And so I'm watching my parable and I'm learning from the Lord as he's speaking to my heart. And I'm in this thing, and I'm saying, let go. Let go, Marlon. Let go. You're going to die if you don't let go. He, she keeps telling him to let go. He won't let go. And I just keep begging him, please. And about that time, I didn't know it, but my 16-year-old daughter walks in the trailer. She looks at me like, oh, my God. 
what has happened to my mother. And she don't say a word. She just keeps going quietly. And right on, she knows that I'm having some kind of visitation going on because I'm up on the edge of my seat, tears rolling down my face. I'm saying, let go. Please let go. And then, you know, a few minutes I got sick of it. And I said, Dory, just get out. Get out, Dory. Let him go. Just let him go. Get out of there, Dory. Let him go or he's going to drag you with him. Let him go. And I'm telling you, something happened to me. I just, I am, I'm just having it at this time. And I got way, way spiritual now. And I said, in the name of Jesus, let him go. <laughs> and my daughter remembers all of this. She said, Mom, I couldn't believe it. And I'm, I'm just into it. And about that time, finally, Dory doesn't let him go. But about that time, she's talking, just look, let him go. Let it go. Let it go. Look, because what she had realized was, we, there's a way out. If that water is coming in, then that water can go out. If that water's coming in, it, there's a way out. Finally, you know the end of the story. Dory held on. And they both were able to get right out when he let go. And they ended up right at the place where the promised child was, Nemo. Y'all remember that? The bottom line is this. There's a lot of lessons you can learn, but what the Spirit of the Lord said to me that day, look, there's Marlins all around you, and you got to pull them up beside you and say, huh, not on my watch you're not going to go down. Sometimes you just got to pull them up to you and say no, because sometimes some of us want to say, just let them go. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying, find some people that don't have the courage to swim that fears tried to overtake them and pull them up beside you and say, no, we're going to get through this thing together. And on my watch, you are not going down. Because I want to tell you, you have got a spirit of yes. And Sister Dory, oh, there's some Dorys in the house today that are going to come up beside you and keep you moving forward in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? So there is a spirit of divine yes that God wants to release on this house in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I didn't have any intention of doing this until just now. But I believe that there are people that God wants to release a spirit of divine yes over. And I know that it's late. I know it's 4th of July weekend and it's the eve. But you need it. And for some reason, God made me do this message today. It's for some people in here. And I want to be a Dory and say, I want to come up beside you. I want to link arm and arm together. I want you to find two or three people, and in the next few minutes, I want you to get a couple people, one on each side of you, and say, look, you're not going down on my watch. We're going to keep swimming. We're going to keep swimming, and I'm going to pray over you in the next few minutes, and I believe that spirit of divine yes is going to infiltrate your spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. For those who don't know Jesus, what an awesome day to find freedom. What an awesome day to make him your Lord and Savior. What a great time to say, I want to be submitted completely, fully, and wholly to the Lord Jesus. If you're one of those people, I hope you'll join us down here. We have prayer partners that are coming quickly. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If you want to know Jesus, then I want you to come while they're coming and just find yourself a place. But for the rest of you, those of you that want to say, 
I want an impartation today again of a spirit of divine yes. I'm going to ask you to walk right down here quickly because I'm going to pray over us today. I believe that God is going to release the power in this house. I truly believe that there is a spirit of impartation. If you don't want that or don't need it, okay. But if there's anything inside of you that says, I could use a little bit more divine yes today. I need that spirit upon me. Then walk down here with us and we're going to pray together and hold hands. Thank you. Thank you. Keep coming. Find someone around you and get a hold of their hands. Two or three people in. I want you to say this with me. Keep swimming. Keep swimming. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. I love Isaiah 61 because it reinforces my spirit of divine yes that says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon you, for he has anointed me. If he's anointed me, then we're not going down. We're going to keep on swimming. So, Father, I thank you for these people today. I thank you, Lord, for a spirit of divine yes that is rising up inside of us. I decree and declare no weapon formed against them shall prosper. I declare, Lord Jesus, that we will complete our assignments, that you are bringing those alongside of us to align with us in this hour. I thank you, Father, that you're causing a spirit of yes to overtake us. In the midst of fear, we still walk through. In the midst of hurt, we still keep walking. In the midst of rejection, we still keep walking. In the midst of disappointment, we still rise up and say we can do all things through you. For you are strengthening us at this moment. We declare, Lord, that that spirit of divine yes is rising up on every person in this house. We declare, Lord Jesus, that greater is that spirit of yes than a spirit of the enemy that would try to defeat us and take us out. I thank you for endurance for the people. I thank you for Dory's as it be, Lord, or those encouragers that you're sending along right now to cause them, Lord, to be so, so focused on you and your availability and your ability and not our own, Lord. I thank you right now, Lord Jesus, that you're wrapping your arms around every person. Lord, I thank you that there is a spirit of encouragement that is coming upon them. And we decree and declare that we will receive and we will fulfill every assignment that you have given to us. In every situation that looks hopeless, I thank you, Lord, that hope is coming back into it now. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope, come alive. Put your hand on your belly right now. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And I thank you that hope is coming alive inside the people of God. Endurance is coming back on them. A spirit of adventure is coming back on them. A spirit of divine yes that along with it comes, Lord, that complete and total whole surrender to you. I thank you, Father, that we're patient with your timing. And we decree and declare that we will be standing in the right place at the right time. And you have already caused things to be released out of heaven into the earth realm. We thank you for it today. Lord, I thank you that this weekend, let there be a blanket of your glory upon these people. And all week, let them say, there's a spirit of divine yes upon me. 
There's a spirit of divine, yes, we will make it. We will make it. I declare that over the people of God in this house. Bless them coming in and bless them going out. Lord, I pray over their families this afternoon. I pray for safety and protection over them. I declare, Lord Jesus, that you're giving them the opportunity to, to be able to be that source, that encouragement for someone else. Even their families open doors to speak life into them this weekend. Lord, let this be a turnaround week in the name of Jesus. We call it done. And we thank you, our Father. This will be a week of freedom. This will be a week of freedom for the people of God. We declare it over our nation. We declare it over our churches. And we declare it over our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, our Father. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Brother John. We're good. Are we ready? Are we ready to dismiss? We need to. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I want you, uh, do you need your family here? Okay, here's what I want you to do before you leave. Find two or three people, walk up beside them and say, look, I got your back. You're not going down on my watch. There's something in me that just keeps hearing that go over and over in my spirit because we give up on people too quickly sometimes. It's the easier thing to do. I know there are times you got to dust your feet, but that's a different scenario, and that's a different situation. Right now, the Spirit of the Lord is saying, find somebody, get a hold of them, say, you ain't going down on my watch. So find two or three people. We love you. We bless you. Have a great weekend in the name of Jesus.